Hello and welcome to Connect FCS Ed Podcast, where we talk about family and consumer sciences education. Each episode is geared to recruit, support, and retain the professional FCS educator. I am your host, Barbara Scully, and I want to help boldly celebrate families and careers with you. Hi, and welcome back to the Connect to FCS Ed podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, listening, and sharing. I think our stories are most impactful when we share our resources and secrets and trades and tricks and strategies just because we are truly better together. With that better together in mind, I want to talk about a a heavy subject, mental health. So we are in full swing of the holidays. And what does that mean for our students? What does that look like? I know with you listening in your homes, in your cars, folding laundry, going grocery shopping, or lesson planning for future lessons. We are all impacted by our students and what choices they make. I had the unfortunate experience the other day where I got an email from my daughter's, both of my daughter's high school, sharing the tragic news that a peer in my youngest daughter's freshman class had committed suicide. And unfortunately, I know with you, my audience of amazing teachers, probably several of you have been impacted by the death of a student due to suicide. And with that, I am so sorry. And I'm sure you carry them in your heart and wishing there was a way that maybe some small way that maybe you could have made a difference. But with this young woman over the weekend, she, I don't know the specifics, but the fact that they're ruling it as a suicide, my heart broke. My heart broke for this student's family, this student, and that ripple effect. You don't know the, or maybe you don't, but our kids, I was talking to my own kids about this, my own daughters going, you don't understand how much you mean to so many people. You might think, oh, these are my core group of friends and this is my family. And beyond that, I don't make an impact or I don't make a difference. We have to figure out a way to get through to their brains that they make a difference. They make a difference. So I have been doing some research just within the last 24 hours, finding out more information, talking about, talking to my kids about this, but it's sounding like there was honestly, cyberbullying involved. And wow, 
as a parent, my daughters, they get angry at me because I go snooping through their phones. I go snooping through their drawers at times. And my oldest, who she's a junior in high school, (laughs) I was actually going through her drawers a couple of days ago. And I opened it up and she's laying on her bed and she all of a sudden gets really defensive. and Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just snooping, seeing what you got, going through things. And she's like, I don't have anything. And then immediately I turn around. I go, are you smoking? She goes, no, that's gross. I'm like, all right. Are you vaping? Ew, no, no. I'm like, all right. Have you done marijuana? No. You know, she's going through, no, no, no. And then finally I stopped and I said, would you tell me if you were? And then that stopped her right then and there. And she thought about it for a good 30 seconds. It was just stone cold silent between the two of us. And then she finally, she, she smiled and she's like, probably because one, I can't hide anything from you. And two, you eventually figure it out. And I'm like, good girl. Okay. So, and then she went on to say, and honestly, I don't like hiding things. So no, I wouldn't, I, I would tell you probably. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But I do go through my daughter's phones. And my my youngest, my freshman age daughter, she, as it is, yeah, I she's gotten her phone taken away from her quite a few times just because the way she interacts through text messages to various friends, and then and she she doesn't have mental health issues per se, but she does struggle with self consciousness, self esteem issues, that awareness factor. And also, she's type 1 diabetic, so that has another little layer added to it. Is that mental health? I don't think so, really. Only because, well, actually, I I don't know. I, I don't think it is. But I also think it's an adolescence deal where all of them are, you know, sifting through of finding their place, how to communicate effectively and appropriately, correct? But with cyberbullying, nationwide, 19% of students in grades 9th through 12th grade report being bullied on school property within the last 12 months. So this was a 2019 stopbullying.gov resource that I was able to pull up. And then it goes on to say, amongst cyberbullying, Among students ages 12 to 18 who reported being bullied at school during the school year, 15% were bullied online or by text. This is the reason why I go through my kids' phones. We need, as teachers, we need to start having more authentic conversations with our students, talking about cyberbullying and what that looks like. It happens. And it is ruthless because you have these people who are hiding behind screens saying things. It's not right. We need to incorporate more mental health classes into our schools to be able to give these kids who are more prone to self-esteem issues, who are also maybe on the more uh, low socioeconomic impact 
They've had rough upbringings. We need to figure out how to extend one grace to the tools, coping mechanisms for these kids to know how to become better. Because one, they don't have the experience. They don't have the experience to say, this is hard right now, but I can get through it. Tomorrow is a better day. For a lot of these kids, my goodness, tomorrow hasn't been better. And they just see the same pattern from previous generations. And that they don't see a way out. We need to figure out how to give them a path to a way out. That's why we need these mental health classes. We also need to talk about these types of issues more often. Have more authentic and transparent conversations with our students while in class, either face-to-face or virtual. So after hearing about this young woman tragically passing and finding out that there's cyberbullying involved with her, I had the conversation with my daughters going, I told them, I go, I think you two need to attend the Zoom counseling because we're in a virtual setting. So Zoom counseling session. And both my daughters are like, we didn't even know her. I go, it doesn't matter if you didn't know her. It's the ripple effect because you can know somebody who knows that person. Say what kind of a friend you can be to a person who is struggling with grief. And even more so, then I took it even a step further, who my eight-year-old was listening to this conversation because let's be honest, we're in, we're stuck in a house together doing online school, parenting, family, pets. We hear everything. We hear what is happening throughout. But he's listening and and I tell Aaron, I'm like, Aaron, with you being type one diabetic, you have an even higher increase of hurting yourself when you are not intentionally trying to. And she's like, I know, mom, I know, mom. And so for those of you that don't know, because she's type one diabetic, she that means her pancreas doesn't work. Her pancreas quit when she was seven years old stop producing insulin. And insulin is the hormone that breaks down food and drink and breaks it down into energy, carbohydrates, right? Well, her pancreas quit when she was seven years old. She's now 14. Well, she's now back on pump therapy. She's on an insulin pump, but for she's been using an insulin pen or the insulin pump. Well, If she was really mad at us, and I'll I'll be honest, she's done it. She has purposely bolused, which means she has purposely gone ahead and delivered more insulin than she needed to prove a point that she was mad at me. And she was intentionally trying to harm herself. No, she's safe. One. Two, immediately took her to see a counselor. And that counselor that we do see from time to time, she's type 1 diabetic as well. And so Aaron was able to have a very open conversation with another type 1 adult in a safe setting. 
teaching her, giving her coping skills, tools that she is going to need throughout the rest of her life. Because the grief cycle, it's a cycle. You don't know when it's going to crop up. You could be watching a movie and then all of a sudden a movie can trigger that grief and you don't know where you're going to land. <laughs> it's like Russian roulette, honestly, where you could start off in the angry, the anger session, or you could be just sad, so sad. But that's the thing about grief. You just don't know where you're going to land and when a trigger is going to come up. But Erin, she still sees this counselor from time to time via Zoom now and just talking. And that's what our kids need. They need to be heard. As teachers, we are in a powerful position. As teachers, we can tear down a student with the shortest bit of feedback, but also at the same time, we can lift them up to where they feel like they can move mountains. And for the most part, we all want our students to succeed and be able to lift and move mountains because we want them to carry on for the rest of their lives being positive role models in society. But we need to somehow figure out how to break down the barrier of getting it through our students' heads that they are alone and isolated because they're not. They are not isolated. They are not alone. We care about them. We know them. Even if we only see their name in a black box on the computer screen, we know them. So even though I work at a different school, I talked to my students about this unfortunate event for this young lady. And I talked to my students going, you know, we're going into the holidays and it's coming in hot and fast. Some of us don't have a safe environment where it's, and it's not a happy environment. How can we establish as teachers, establish the relationships with our students when we all we see is a name in a box. And then all of a sudden I start getting in. As soon as I said that, and my students could see, visually see that I was hurting and kind of pleading with them. All of a sudden video cameras started cropping up. I'm seeing like the tops of their heads or their eyes, ceilings. And then I immediately switched it. And I'm like, you know, as, as sad as this is, and talking about cyberbullying and knowing that you're not alone because I care for you. We've created this, our remind class where most 98% of my students have cell phones. They are able to text me and my number is shielded, but I'm able to text with my students and share pictures. And so I told them, I go, if any of you are hurting or going through a rough time or need just just somebody to listen, please contact me over the break because you matter. And then I, I took it a step farther and I'm like, all right. So now, because you know, I'm kind of emotional about this right now. How many of you have animals? 
And then all of a sudden, yeah, I'm seeing reactions coming popping up on screens because they, let's be honest, they turn their screens on for like 30 seconds to a minute and then they shut it off. <laughs> and uh, so I'm seeing all these reactions of animals and the chat is saying, my animals are outside and, or I'm not allowed to have animals. So my dogs are outside. Oh, I have a horse or I don't have really animals. I have farm animals. I have a sheep. Or <laughs> and I'm like, I don't care where they are. Let's take a minute and I want you to go hunt your animals down and I want to see your animals. Show me your animals. Spam me with your animals right now. Turn on your video camera and shove your animal's face in my screen. <laughs> and for the most part, most of them did. And that was such a breakthrough. And then all of a sudden, you know, the chat is exploding of like, oh, that is such a cute sheepdog. Or, oh, you, how many German shepherds do you have? And it was show and tell. Do you remember having show and tell when you were in elementary school? And like, that was the big ticket item, being able to show off your favorite thing and you know, kind of be the popular cool kid. Well, all my kids were the popular cool kids because they were showing off their fluffy animals. And it turns out, <laughs> I didn't realize this, but I have three students in one of my classes that their parents are colleagues of mine. <laughs> then I got a couple of emails from my colleagues saying, that was such a cool exercise to see that. Oh, by the way, my kid didn't, she called her sheep, her mini sheepdog over, but she didn't share him. So the mom took a snapshot and uploaded it and shared it to me via email. <laughs> and she's like, that was such a cool exercise. Thank you so much. And, you know, and here's our dog, Ken. <laughs> Ken is a mini sheep poodle or sheep dog, and he's enormous. There's nothing mini about him. He's the Shaggy from, oh gosh, it was a 60s Disney movie. I can't remember. I can't remember it all of a sudden. But we need to figure out a way to combat cyberbullying and talk about mental health. We have to, because if we don't, nobody else is going to. So I shared with my class about the tragic incident of this beautiful, red-haired, blue-eyed, fair-skinned child, and it was pointless. The loss of life due to cyberbullying, it's a waste. But her life was not wasted, because through her tragedy, I'm standing at the mic talking about her. And I'm sure many of you who have experienced something like this are now thinking of maybe a student that you've had and how your school was impacted by it. There are resources out there to help. There's a resource for parents called SPT. SUSA.org. And it's a valuable resource helping you talk to your kids about suicide. It's called the Society for Prevention of Teen Suicide. And it gives useful facts and the many 
uh, national crisis resources and uh, contacts to be able to give you just to give you the support system that you need to be able to pass that on because we do we have to talk about this so there are the addiction and substance abuse resources the lgbtq resources family and domestic services online services so such as suicide is different psychology today your life your voice from boys town the trevor project we need to start talking about this. This needs to become a more fluent, transparent, authentic conversation that we have. Because like I said, if we don't, who will? Every life is precious. Every life has meaning and value. And I want to make a difference. Will you help me? Please spread about the suicide warning signs and the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline of 1-800-273-8255 and the Crisis Text Line to connect with a crisis counselor. Text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741741. Children who are already vulnerable may be at a greater risk due to exposure to the suicide of a peer. If you or a child that you know needs help right away, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-TALK. Thank you for listening to such a heavy subject, but having your voice with mine, we can make a difference together. We are better together. Thank you for joining me today at Connect FCS Ed. In each episode, we boldly celebrate families and careers by providing inspiration, support, and resources for teachers, students, and families. I'm inviting you to join me in the conversation. Let's share your resources and stories. Together, we are better. Thanks again for listening and helping spread the word that family and consumer sciences is today's home economics.